Lord, great to be with you. I just really am grateful for this warmer weather. Um, <clears throat> it was, I left Alabama this morning, uh, 68 at the airport. Pilot said, you're not going to like it when you land, it'll be 38, but wasn't that bad. Great to be here again. I think I was here last in October. I really feel a part of you. My attendance is improving. Um, <laughs> But I, I just I just love to be in the atmosphere of God's people in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> you all did such a good job on that, the worship tonight, and just uh, there's just something about the presence of God that is just amazing. So I don't forget later. I didn't bring a book up here, but there's several books on the table out there. In fact, United Airlines charges you for if you bring a box. So I jammed them all in my briefcase. <laughs> anyway, just please buy them so I don't have to take them back. Um, but anyway, there's a, the, some of you read the new or heard about the new book on the Ahab spirit, the passivity, kind of the other side of Jezebel. And then uh, there are just several different titles back there on, on the table. It's obviously self-explanatory. I want to talk tonight about the covenant. Uh, I just love the concept of the covenant. Uh, I, I think it was Bob Mumford that said, you know, when somebody gets saved, we ought to find out if they're saved and just say, are you sure you're saved? Now, you know the Lord. You've repented. Yes. And we ought to shoot them because uh, they, then, then they, won't, they won't have time to backslide, you know. And, you know, just have a gun in every church, you know, and just... Uh, but, but, but the truth is God has called us into a covenant relationship with him. And the, and the wonderful thing about this covenant is that it works. And I, I just want to read this, if I could, from... Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, and this is, uh, well, the whole chapter is good, but let's just read a section here uh, from about verse, uh, let me see, it was in here earlier today, uh, but um, Hebrews 8 verse 7, for if that, he says, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then there would be no, have been no place for a second. The first covenant, and anytime you see the word covenant in the Old Testament, it's mostly translated berith, B-E-R-I-T-H. When you see the word covenant in the New Testament, it is translated diatheke, D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. The Old Covenant, berith, means it was very, very conditional. God says, if you do this, if you're faithful, then I'll do this. The new covenant is not like that at all. It's God says, oh, I'm going to be faithful anyway. And this covenant works because it's not a covenant between us and God. It's a covenant between Jesus and God. In fact, every covenant had to be ratified. When Jesus hung on the cross, the covenant was ratified. The shedding of his blood was the sealing of that covenant. That's where God was satisfied. That's where Jesus said it was finished. Uh, that's where 2 Corinthians it says, He who knew no sin became sin, that, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What a wonderful covenant. But So God has called us <clears throat> into relationship with him. That it, it's more than do's and don'ts. Because I, I grew up, I don't know if any of you grew up that way, but I grew up with a lot of do's and don'ts, you know, uh, motivated by guilt, um, so forth. Um, the, and I understand now about the covenant, 
The covenant's all about relationship. And that, in fact, to me, if you commit a sin, you're not, you're not breaking a rule, you're violating a relationship. I like what St. Augustine said. He said, love God and do as you please. You know, in other words, sin all you want. Because if you really love God, you aren't going to sin. You aren't going to want to sin. You're, you, you, because you recognize you're in this wonderful relationship. So anyway, and, and again, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm going to ask you to not shout and rejoice till I get done. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, uh, but Hebrews 8, he says, because, verse, uh, verse 8, Hebrews 8, having, because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10, so important. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's the heart cry of God. God said, I don't want to, you know, he, he said, I don't want to be a taskmaster over you. I want relationship with you. I want, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. I, I, it's, it's like a marriage. You know, uh, I, I grew up in the kind of church where it seemed like, you know, people think I'm going to say a sinner's prayer and then that's it. That's kind of like, you know, going to the altar and looking at your, and saying, I do, and then saying, okay, the ceremony over? Yeah, you both said I do. Okay, I'll see you in old age. And then take off, you know, I'll see you right before I die. And that's what a lot of people do with God. Like, I'm going to just, I'm going to verbally pray the sinner's prayer. I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not going to have another thing to do with you until I'm on my deathbed, and then I'm going to cry out to you. That's, that's so stupid, because God wants this relationship with us daily. And he intends it to be exciting. He intends it to be an adventure. And th this is a covenant, and the covenant is so good, he says, this is how it's going to work. He says, uh, for this is the covenant, again, verse 10, I will make with the house of Israel after those days, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So in other words, every one of us, it's not just a head knowledge that, well, I've been saved, I, I've, I've received Christ, but, but there's somehow God has made a transaction that he's written his will on your heart. In other words, it's in your DNA. You say, well, what about the vision for my life? I believe it's already there. For example, when I was a child, I grew up in Nebraska. I, I had a passion, a desire to travel. I couldn't understand anything that had to do with traveling. I loved it. Well, I didn't know, but it was in my DNA. People say, how do you, do, how do you travel so much? How do you? And I, I said, I don't know. It's just a grace of God. It's just in me. And I believe, I believe the will of God in every one of us, God's already, he's written it on our heart. He's written a, a right and wrong. We, we know, he said, I'm gonna, you're going to know me because I'm going to write my will upon your heart. You're going to recognize my voice. You're going to know it's me inside of you because it's indebitably written on your heart. Hallelujah. That, if that isn't good news, it'll do till good news gets here. In other words, when you were, when you were born, you know, God had already written the type of life he wanted for you, the, the, the calling, the passion, the, the propensity to some kind of career. It's already written in you. Uh, none of them, I like verse 11, none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them 
to the greatest of them. I was watching a documentary on cults recently, and it's amazing how some of these different cults that have come by, the man will draw attention to himself, or the woman will draw attention to himself, and it's like, and, and, and they become the source. And God hates that kind of thing. He even, he, he, he even hates the, as, as the Bible talks about, the, the, the Nicolaitans. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans was that the laity are way up here, and then the, you know, the peons are down here. God said, I hate that. Because, because God believes in the priesthood of the believer. Although we have, we have order and we have authorities in our life, every one of us should be hearing the Lord. In fact, any time you hear a sermon, you ought to be saying, I already knew that, I already knew that. Why? Because the, the Holy Ghost has already been talking to you about it. When you get a prophetic word, you ought to be saying, thanks, but I already knew that, I already knew that. Because the big prophet has already told you that. When a prophetic word comes to you, it, it should always be a confirmation. That's, what, that's exactly what I felt. But, but the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to be that much involved in your life. I, I want to be intimately involved. I'll write my laws on your heart and on your mind. Notice he didn't say, he'll write my law, I'll write my laws in your Bibles and in your notebooks. But in your minds and in your heart. We have this conscience. We, we have this desire. This, this yearning to know God because he's put it in us. And then he says, the reason this is going to work, verse 12, the whole reason this covenant works is this, verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Amen? Except for a few real bad ones. No, no, what is it? For their sins and, why does this covenant work? Because for their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. A lot of times, on this table here, it says, do this, this do in remembrance of me, the communion table. You know, many churches, some do it every Sunday, some do it once a month, whatever, but, but we have communion. What are we remembering? We're remembering that he doesn't remember. <laughs> that, that's the key. We're remembering that he has chosen to not remember. And, and what happens to many times as believers, we forget that we're in covenant, and many times we're spending so much of our prayer uh, uh, trying to get brownie points with God or, or feeling remorse, remorse about something that we forget that we're in covenant, we're in relationship. God doesn't want us to talk about our failures when we're in prayer. Because I, I, I think sometimes, you know, I say, God, I'm a failure. And God's attitude is, boy, that, I, I love that. That makes me king of a failure. No, that God doesn't get any glory out of that. You know, how would you like, you know, your, your wife, if you're a wife, your husband come home and say, boy, I'm a failure. Boy, that made my day. I'm married to a failure, you know. But but we do that to God, and not realizing that that is not flattering, that is not honoring God. But but God has called us into this amazing covenant relationship with Him. You know, I used to uh, my kids. We we put them in Christian school, oh, mainly because my son probably would have been a drug dealer. But but uh, they. Uh, now, he was just so naive, and he would have been talked to anything. But anyway, we, we put him in Christian school. But I noticed uh, a lot of people in Christian school, they're kept under a law. Like, you know, the, the Christian school they went to was real non-Holy Spirit, just real rigid and everything. The, my kids came out good, but, but I, I noticed some kids, as, as soon as they got out from that rigid, they rebelled. Why? Because it wasn't in their heart. It was only an outward thing. That's religion. Religion can clean you up on the outside. 
in Nebraska, we raised hogs and cattle and turkeys and chickens. We had this, we had a massive uh, farm of turkeys. We had 20,000 at a time, that which was a, I agree, boy, that's a, and, <laughs> but anyway, but, but I remember we'd have a few pigs, but it's amazing. They, you never ever heard of 4-H, you know, when they had the 4-H thing and you, you would, you would clean up the animal. And just And I remember those, you, you could take the pig and my, my sisters would, I was the youngest and my sisters would have a pig and they would put little bows and clean it all up, put little bows in its ears, little bow on its tail and then, sh and then polish its pink little hooves. If you turn your back for a second, the thing's in the mud puddle. And that's what the law can do. You know, the law, we, it, it's just so pathetic because the law can't help us. But God wants it in our heart. Or, you know, most people do this. You get up in the morning and you, most people, even before they go to the restroom, because, you know, your bladder's at a, it's an all-time high size. And, and you get up in the morning. But most people, even though they get up and they're going toward the bathroom, but everybody does this, they'll stop and they'll look in the mirror. And, you know, you've just gotten out of bed and the mirror always says the same thing. Call 911. You know. But, but the, the mirror, to me, it's so plain. The mirror is the law. The mirror is the law. And when you look at the law, the law says, call 911. The law says you are in trouble, and you're in serious trouble, and you've come up short. But how many know the mirror can't help you? The mirror can just tell you you're in trouble. But the mirror has a purpose of driving you to, to get some help. A comb. <laughs> a razor, makeup, don't do both, but, but you know, the mirror has this, the, 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 the mirror has that, it, it provokes you. The law was never meant to clean you up. The law was only meant to provoke you. You know, to me, I put it like this, the Christian life is not hard. It's impossible, because you can't do it on your own. No matter how good you try, no matter how earnest you are, you're going to fall flat on your face. That's why God sent the, the law was a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ, to, to, to bring a frustration. You say, God, I can't do this. I want and then God said, that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm going to write this law in your heart. And I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my child. And we're going to walk in covenant. And I love John 14, 23, because he said, if any man loves me, my father and I will come to him and we'll make our abode with him. Hallelujah. And then John 16, 23 says, Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but ask that your joy may be full. You can just ask like a glutton. This covenant is a wonderful thing. It works. I was in Indiana in October, and uh, the pastor called me the other day, and, and there's a man sitting there. He, he doesn't go to church. He doesn't, it, it's like he doesn't like church, you know. A lot of people that way. And scared, you know. People go to a seance, but they're scared of church. But anyway, uh, the, the, but he comes because of, uh, his neighbor got healed of cancer. And so he comes. He is diagnosed with terminal lung disease. And that night he's in the meeting, and he, he's, he's never been in church. He didn't know any better. He sat on the front row. He thought you're supposed to, you know. And, uh, and the word of the Lord came to him. And said, and this is how the prophetic word came. God says, I want, I'm going to give you more years, but you're going to have to fight. That was the word to him. Now, he's an innocent, you know, probably a believer, barely, you know. 
But the word was, I'm going to give you more years, the Holy Spirit says, but you're going to have to fight. This man went out the next day and saw his doctor, and the doctor says, get your house in order, because you're going to die. And he goes to another doctor a day or two later, and he says, the doctor says, your lungs are horrible. Get your house in order, you're going to die. But he, he received the word. And I just love the way God is so, he's so intimate. And he says, and he said he received the word, and he didn't understand much, but he prayed, and he says, he told his wife, well, we're going to fight. And they went to a specialist a week later, and the specialist said, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it, because your lungs are really looking good. And, and, and anyway, he called me the day, and he said, this man who was terminal, totally terminal, has a total clean bill of health. His lungs are totally clear. But the, but the sweet Holy Spirit comes along, and the sweet Holy Spirit, he, he doesn't just say, you know, and, and I, I, don't, I just hate pat answers, you know. I hate treating people like numbers. I think, I think God, every one of us are different, and some of us have real odd-shaped heads, and, and, and you know, everybody's a little different. But, but I, I, I think the Holy Spirit is, he, he loves us. He loves our uniqueness. And he knows us intimately. And, and, and when he speaks to us, we don't want to give a pat answer because we want to hear what God is saying specifically. And that's the covenant. It's a listening covenant. You know, people, and I believe the, there's a great percentage of the body of Christ that live by performance. If I just read the Bible more, if I just pray a little more, and it's just like, and, and their, their concept of God is, if I try a little harder, then God will accept me more. But it's not a performance. All the performance, how many agree with me, the performance was done on the cross. Now, we have a hard time because a lot of us, we have this attitude. It's everything that Jesus did, plus a few things I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We have this thing. But, but the thing is, it is really finished. In other words, if you never prayed again, it would still work. <laughs> If you never went to church again, it would still work. It's not based on what you do, but instead of being a performance, it's a response. It's amazing how many scriptures there are about response. In John 4, this man had a servant that was, uh, or his son was dying. And in the last part of John 4, it said he, came, he said he traveled about 25 miles. That was before BMWs and everything. And, and they, they, he traveled 25 miles and... He comes to Jesus and he said, Lord, come and heal my son. He's desperately ill. And Jesus looked around the people and he said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And he told the man, go home, your son lives. But there was a response. And the man, it said, the man believed the word. John 4, verse 50, the man believed the word. And he went his way. And he never made it home because when he was on his way home, a delegation met him and they said, your son is doing fine. He said, when did he get better? Oh, I was about 20 after 3 yesterday. That's exactly when the Holy Spirit, or when Jesus told me to go home. God's always looking for a response. Joash, king of Israel, when Elisha was in his last days, he cried out to the prophet, got to help us, got to help us. The prophet told him, the prophet on his deathbed told him, Take the arrows and strike the ground. The king, Joash, he took the arrows and he, he took, grabbed a handful of arrows and he struck the ground three times and he stopped. And the last emotion we hear from the dying prophet is anger. 
He said, why did you only strike the ground three times? You should have struck it five or six. Because you struck it with such a passivity and with such a ho-hum, and and that's going to be your type of victory. And there's a lot of times the Holy Spirit comes in our midst and he talks to us, but our response stinks. Our response is wimpy. Our response is, well, that's nice. I'll believe it when I see it. And God says, no, 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 no. Our response has to be there. Remember Naaman the Syrian. He wanted to be healed and he was an outsider. But he, he came over to Israel and the prophet spoke a word and said, go down to the river Jordan and dip in, your, dip in that thing seven times. You dip, you know. And, and, uh, and, and he got, his response was terrible. He said, he's angry. He's angry. He came a long ways to get healed. And he knew If he came over to Israel, he would get healed. There was a prophet in the land, and he knew he'd get healed. And yet when the prophet sent a messenger out and said, go dip in the Jordan, it ticked him off. He wasn't just angry. The Bible said he was furious. And he said, I got rivers at home better than this. Have you ever heard that one? I'll go to First Church of the Deadwood if I want to get healed, you know. And, and, you know, I I I I got rivers with stained glass windows. And it said he went away in a rage. You know what was crazy about that? He was saying, I would rather keep my cancer. I'd rather keep the, I'd rather live with this leprosy covered in my body than dip in some stupid river. Jordan had a reputation for being dirty. A lot of times the church has a reputation. Oh, don't go down there, they're nuts. You know, we have a reputation for being a little weird. But if you want to get healed, you're going to have to deal with the weirdness. (laughs) Really. Because the enemy is not exactly on our side. The enemy is trying to bit bad press out there. But he always overplays his hand. You know, it's like, don't see that movie and everybody's saying, when does it start? Yeah, that kind of thing. And, And the enemy always overplays his hand. But I love the covenant. Talking about the covenant... One illustration the Lord gave me was like, say you have a pit bull, and the pit bull is biting people's legs. That dog loves legs, and people walk by and he, he's biting people's legs. People complain. And so the city ordinance says you've got to put a fence. So you build a fence, that's going to solve everything. You build a fence. The problem is when people walk by, the pit bull is still coveting legs. In other words, the dog stopped biting people, but the dog still wanted to bite people. That's all the law can do. It doesn't take the one out. It's kind of interesting about the Ten Commandments. Think about the first commandment is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know, it talks all the different commandments, but it gets down to number ten. And it says, thou shall not covet. So they start out, the, the Ten Commandments start out, don't do it, don't murder, don't kill, don't have any other gods before them. But it gets down to the Ten Commandment, and it starts moving into the New Covenant, because it says, don't even want to do it. Isn't that amazing? Don't even want to do it. Not, not just, and see, a lot of us, are, we're real good, well, I won't do it. But, you know, the New Covenant's harder. Because, you know, the Old Covenant says, don't kill anybody. But the New Covenant says, if you have anger toward your brother, you're guilty of murder. <laughs> Makes you want to shout, doesn't it? But, but, but the, the issue is, again, it's a covenant of 
relationship. We know God. We, we experience God and we love his presence and we respond to his awesome presence. Hallelujah. I love God's covenant because Think about this. Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, he doesn't just say he'll forgive your sins. He says, come to me and your sins I will abundantly pardon. Psalm 103 says, God doesn't just have mercy. It said he abounds in mercy. Ephesians 3.20, it says, God doesn't just answer prayer. It said he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you ask or think. That's a covenant relationship we have. Psalm 68, 19 said he daily loads us with benefits. I like a truckload of benefits, don't you? I like Psalm 68, 17. Kind of a crazy scripture in there. It says, the chariots of the Lord are thousands and thousands. The chariots of the Lord are thousands and thousands. In other words, God must have a used chariot lot somewhere. I want to just read this so I can quote it correctly. Psalm 68, 19. Psalm 68, 17. The chariots of the Lord are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. Now that's a crazy scripture in my opinion. But you know what I believe? I believe it kind of tells you when you pray a prayer, God's going to send an answer, but you don't know what chariot it's going to come on. It may come on one of those 20,000, or it may come on one of those other thousands and thousands. In other words, your brain is too small. But the good news is, it's a good news covenant, and it's a listening covenant, and it's a covenant that 2 Corinthians chapter 1, says, verse 20 says, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. To, to put it, translate it real accurate, before you ask, he's already said yes. Hallelujah. Wow. I love the fact that God's called us into a relationship with him. You ever think about your human body? There's two things that are impossible. One is to pat yourself on the back. The other is to kick yourself. They're both impossible. You know why? God doesn't want you to pat yourself on the back and God doesn't want you to kick yourself. God wants you to abide in him. If you're patting yourself on the back, you've got an ego problem. If you're kicking yourself, you've got a self-esteem problem. God doesn't want you to do either one. How many know he wants you to enjoy him? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <sighs> the best two sermons in the Bible were preached by women. Mary Magdalene at the garden said, he is risen. That's a good sermon. Jesus, the mother of the mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, Do whatever he tells you. Those are two good sermons. He's alive and do whatever he tells you. I like it. Hallelujah. Um, let me just take one second here. You know, the Bible says, We've all sung the song. We sing the song. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. 
Isaiah 53. You ever think about this? The word sin is used a lot in the Bible. The word transgression is used a lot in the Bible. And the word iniquity is used a lot in the Bible. The good news is he's paid for all three. But you know what the word sin? The word sin simply means to miss the mark. The word transgression means to break a law or break a rule. But the word iniquity means to be bent to do something to yield like to temptation. That's what iniquity is. So you have this quiver of arrows and you pull an arrow out and it's bent. How many know if it's bent, it's not going to hit the mark? That's what iniquity, it mean, the word means to be bent, to be bent. And, and, and so in other words, Jesus didn't die just for our sin because we, 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 we all miss the mark without him. And he didn't just die, well, you know, man, I broke a rule, broke a law. But, but I love the iniquity because he, he died for that propensity in all of us. Like Paul said, the very thing I know I'm not supposed to do, I do. And the thing I should do, I don't do. It's that bent thing in us. That's, that's what iniquity is. I ought to charge you for some of these things. Because they're, they're just so, that, that's just a wonderful truth. But you ever thought about that? Because the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions, but he was bruised for our iniquities. Hallelujah. So I'll put it this way. The new covenant... The Old Covenant is action. The New Covenant is motive. Remember when Jesus had two thieves, one on each side on the cross? A friend of mine said, the one thief represents the guilt of yesterday. The other thief represents the fear of tomorrow. <laughs> Those are two thieves. Anyway. Don't you appreciate the Lord? I mean, I got so much stuff here. I could just go on and on. And I'm totally aware that you want me to. Um, but God wants to work with us. Uh, Mark 16 says the disciples went out, preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word. We got to get rid of this deal. God's mad at me. God's disgusted with me. No. He took out all anger on the cross. God wants relationship with you. David said in Psalm 51, Lord, if, when he was repenting, he said, Lord, if you, if, if you would accept sacrifice, I'd surely give it. But God doesn't want sacrifice. He's already provided the sacrifice. He wants obedience. And I just challenge you tonight to look at your walk with God as a covenant relationship. And it works. Hallelujah, it works. And people get healed because, not because of, you know, I get up here, I don't feel spiritual. I know I look fairly spiritual, but I don't feel spiritual. I could care less because it's not based on the kind of day I've had. It's not based on the kind of person I, it's based on a covenant. I love that. Because I've seen some of you in traffic and, and, and it's, you know, it's, if, if God help us, if he answered prayer based on our actions, we'd be in trouble. But he doesn't answer prayer on, based on our actions. He bases, answers prayer based on our relationship with him.
that good news? Hallelujah. I've done this so many times, but it so helped me. If you go to buy something, walk in the store, the clerk says, may I help you? I'd like to buy this shirt. You take out your Visa card. In the name of Visa. Oh, God. Ooh, Jesus. Oh. oh. In the name of Visa. Ooh. And the clerk's going to call security. People think it's saying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shut up. It's not saying in the name of Jesus. It's that you're in relationship with the name of Jesus. In other words, you would never again have to use those words in the name of Jesus. If you're a Christian, you're in the name of Jesus. That's why he said, when you go out, heal the sick. He didn't even say pray for him. He said, heal the sick. Why? Because you're in relationship with the name of Jesus. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Freely as you have received, freely give. It's relationship. Hallelujah. Going to be a good year for you. Boy, do I hear that. Good year. And I just see things really um, manifesting, especially toward the end of the year. I just see that uh, like a a tremendous fulfillment, a tremendous uh, gaining ground breakthrough. Praise God. Let's just uh, lift our hands a minute. And Lord, we just thank you. We praise you for this covenant we're in. Hallelujah. Would you say it with me? Thank you, Lord, that because of your sacrifice, because of the blood of Jesus that paid the price in full, I'm in relationship with you. My sins, my lawless deeds, you will not remember anymore. Therefore, (laughs) I can enjoy you every day. Amen, amen, amen. I want to just pray about somebody's knees, uh, but a lot of people have knee trouble. But this person seems like you've suffered a lot, your, but your birthday's in July. Who, where are you at? And uh, your, your knees give you so much trouble. Your birthday's in July. You having a lot of pain lately, that kind of thing? <sighs> always there. Okay, we'll just agree. Um, Lord, we agree in your first name. Maria. How long you guys been together? Almost 50 years. 50 years? years? Awesome. How many good years? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's a good answer. (laughs) What's your first name? Maria. Maria. And your name? Ray. Ray. Well, Lord, we just thank you tonight for healing Maria. We just thank you for just taking those, uh, those knees and just installing some new health and some new strength and some new, new tissue and some new bone and some new all that's needed in those knees, oh God, we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. And God, we just thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the spirit of increase and the spirit of uh, you're adding to them. Hallelujah. Boy, do I see God sweetening, sweetening things, sweetening things. So Lord, let these years ahead be just years of just tremendous sweetness. Hallelujah. I feel like there's somebody that's in a crisis. I don't know this pertains to somebody, family member or something, but does that, does that make any sense at all? Yes. Yes. 
So uh, we just, we receive the word. Now, the thing is, when God is talking by his Holy Spirit, he's, he's not just giving information, he's indicating he's going to do something. So we just send the word to this one who's in crisis, and we just receive the solution. We receive the breakthrough. And Lord, we know the enemy doesn't, can't stop this, and we just trust you to mend, turn things around. We ask you to accelerate what you're doing in Jesus' name. You're going to have a real good report there. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, there's somebody that you have a lot of back pain, but it seems like you have, you're dealing with back pain all the time, but it seems like there's something else lately that's really, in addition to your back pain, you're having struggles, um, seems like. I want to say blacking out or dizziness or something like that. And I feel like I'm supposed to pray with you. Does that fit somebody? Just, just yes or no. You, you deal with a lot of back, back pain, but also you're having some other health issues. But that's the way it strikes me. Just, yeah. And that makes, uh, that makes sense, what I'm saying. We just receive with you. And also there's somebody here that you're, uh, you, I can, it's like I can hear you saying, God, if I don't get a breakthrough concerning my back pain, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, that seems to be what you're saying in so many words. God, I'm, I'm just so desperate to get a breakthrough. Where's that person? You're just suffering so much in your back. We're just going to pray with you tonight. Where, where are you at? You just, same person? Okay, we'll just, anyone else grabbing, going, one's going to, it's real important to grab a hold because, it's the Holy Ghost that does these things. And Lord, we just receive and we accept the complete healing. We just embrace the power, the power, the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for just a, just a brand new spine, a brand new back. And God, all these things she needs in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive the healing. We receive the healing. We receive the healing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I, I see you guys asking God with a bigger, larger appetite and just uh, just ask aggressively in that scripture where he says nothing is impossible with God. And, and God's going to favor you and God's going to give you a better quality of life here as you just pursue him. It, it just, and just be bold to ask and be bold, just be bold to be aggressive and say, God, do more, do more, do more. And he's going to do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can see the Lord just really turning. Your first name is? Anthony. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for Anthony tonight, and we thank you for, boy, I just feel God turning some things and just turning some situations. And um, you, you've tasted quite a bit of bitter water. That's why I just, I just feel that there's some bitter experiences and bitter water, but but the Lord's getting ready to turn things. And Anthony, you're going to be able to say, 2011 was my year of Jubilee. It was my year of Jubilee. And, and, and God just is going to turn some things. And, you know, the Bible says he'll turn my mourning into dancing. And you're, you're to be like David and encourage yourself in the Lord. Be, because God is it's just like he's giving you a new frontier, a new clean slate, a new beginning. And the freshness of the Holy Spirit is going to amaze you. It's going to blow your mind. And you're going to be led out of this wilderness. And you're going to be led onto a, a, like a highway and a place of victory, unprecedented 
in your life. Amen. 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 Thank you, Holy Ghost. And Lord, I thank you for my brother. And I just thank you for the, the grace of God, the, the amazing grace that you give. And Lord, just uh, Lord, fill his heart with expectation. And we just rebuke the... You, you know what I feel? You, I, I can feel you being... You're first at Brad's, right? But I just feel this helplessness. That's what you feel. It's like a helplessness. God, I don't know what to do. I've done everything I know to do. I don't know what else to do. And David said, I would have fainted had I not believed I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the Holy Spirit is being released to help. It's funny, in the spirit I can see these cords and these ties being broken and the hindrances being broken. And I can just say by the Holy Spirit, just expect good news. Expect good news. God's going to cause something like a sharpest, sharpest knife to go cut through a bunch of stuff in your favor. And so, Lord, we just receive it and we expect it tonight. We receive it and we expect it. It's like there's been a, a, like a circle, like a no progress, like a bit on a merry-go-round or a revolving door. And it's like, how long, O oh Lord? But I can feel the taste of victory. I can feel it. And I just, we, just re, we agree with you. And again, I see this razor-sharp knife just, just cutting through a bunch of baloney. And God's going to help you. God's going to help you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You know, these two words, helpless and hopeless, you feel these things. But, again, there's this, there's this Holy Ghost knife coming. He's going to cut through the doo-doo here. All right, hallelujah. One of these... I wouldn't trust one of these young people if my life depended on it. But, uh, but there's, I'm not, it's just somebody, I think it's one of you, but somebody back here has a lot of problem with your neck. And, but I want to just pray with you. Does that fit one of you or just somebody kind of in this general area? You have, did you have a neck injury or? Uh, I, I don't remember one, but it's you just, okay. And, uh, and you as well. Now, do I, in any of these young ones? Okay. They are kind of stiff-necked, but that's <laughs> different. Just kidding. But we agree, we agree with your, the healing you need. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. You know, I want to tell you something. God's not only healing your neck, but, but he's going to order your steps. And I, I just feel you've been in a, in a situation where you feel, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do it. I, 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 it's kind of like you're just treading water. But the Lord, in Psalm 32, says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide, with, I will guide you with my eye upon you. And God's going to let you know what to do. God's going to give you, in other words, direction. Instruction is coming your way from the Lord. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Which one of you younger people here, I'm going to pick on you a little more, that came, you just, it's, it's like you, you grew up with just one, one parent most of the time. Who, who's that? That is you. Okay. And your first name? Milan. Milan. We'll just call him brother. And so, <laughs> Lord, we thank you for Milan. And Lord, we just thank you that, you know, I see God giving you these, it's like these, this holster with these two guns, that just like that double authority, that double confidence. In other words, it's God's equipment in your life. And you, you to, as you exalt the Lord, Milan, and, and as you thank him for who, who you are and the fact that he has his hand upon you, God is going to so sharpen you, your, your spiritual intuitiveness. He's going to so sharpen your discernment. He's going to so make you know his mind and his ways. And that you're, that, that where Jesus told his disciples, my yoke is easy. That's the same thing he's saying to you. Just be yoked with me. God's going to sharpen you. And you're going to be able to say, I know I'm hearing God. I know I'm hearing his thoughts. I know I'm, I'm sensing his Holy Spirit tugging in my heart. And he's going to let you know him just like he knows you. You're going to grow in leaps and bounds. And your confidence will be in him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I just want to say this to my brother Steve here. that the uh, During the worship, I, I looked over at you and... Started to be depressed for just a second, but but no, but no. But uh, I heard these words that there's a way being prepared for you. I heard that just as clear, clearly. To be correct, English. I, I heard this clearly. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that work of the Holy Spirit that you're making a way and that the enemy cannot steal and that it's a way that is done by you and established by you. And Lord, we just thank you for the work, the work of your Holy Spirit. I, can't, I hear this, not many days. I just hear that, not many days. Not many days to live. No, I'm just kidding. Not many days away for the hallelujah. Just kidding. Hallelujah. I love to twist his leg because I love that snapping sound. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, but I heard uh, this, Kathy. I heard uh, that God is stopping the voice of the gainsayer. And, and um, I don't know why, but I just feel, I just feel this. A lot of times there's a lot of lies and there's a lot of just, it's like junk mail out there. <laughs> Spiritual junk mail, just but there's voices, and I, I just feel the Lord. There's such a protection. It's like you're in this bubble. You're in this place, and and you're guarded. 
by God himself. But I'll tell you one thing. I know that I know that I know that he is going to shut the mouth of the gainsayer. Hallelujah. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I had something else, and I can't remember, but I will in a minute. But uh, Lord, we thank you for Michael. We bless his life. We bless his life. And what I see, Michael, I see a lot of people pounding on your door. And there's going to be a lot of pounding on your door. There's going to be a lot of opportunities and, and people pulling on you. But you're to, you're to say, God, I only want the knock that's from you. I only want that avenue you're opening for me. Because there's coming, I just, this is not right away, but there's, it's coming down the road where it's just like there's this almost a frenzy. We want, we want Michael here. We want this here. We want him for this. But you're, it is so important that you say, Lord, show me what I'm to respond to. Show me that what you're opening for me. Because not everything that glitters is gold. And not everything has your name on it. But God will make you know. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just thank you for pouring into Michael's life. Man, my hand is getting as hot as fire. Lord, we thank you for just pouring in healing and pouring in uh, your, the, your presence, your anointing, O oh God. And let the anointing just have such a complete work and effect in his life, O oh God. And I just feel, Michael, I feel God just changing your desires. And, and, and it's like he's rekindling that fire that, 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 that's always been there. It's always been there, but that fire is beginning to blaze. And that, 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 the, where the Bible says, zeal for your house has consumed me. There's a new blaze going on in you. And God will always, and I just feel this isn't just for now, I feel this is for your entire life, that God is always committed as you follow him. He will always, always give you the desires of your heart. That's, just, that's like a long-term promise as you follow God. He'll always fill the desires of your heart as you stay focused on him. As you make him first, he will, he, he's committed to do that for you. Always give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll tell you, this church has one of the fastest clocks I have ever seen. Um, the, um, the other word I heard, I had to write this down, Kathy, what I heard was um, some present trials will soon be over. That's what I heard. Soon be over. Okay, um, let, let me just uh, pray for someone. I, I feel like there's somebody here, you're battling a disease. I don't know what you've been diagnosed with something, you're really battling it, but I, I just feel tonight's your night. Does, does that fit, fit somebody here? I, I assume it could be somebody in your family, I don't know, but it seems like you're here. There's somebody here battling some kind of disease, something you've been diagnosed with? Okay. Leukemia, okay. And I see a hand back here. What have you been diagnosed with? I can't hear you, but I will. Lord, we just, and your first name, brother? Dave. Lord, we just stand with Dave and we curse this. We curse the leukemia. We curse it at the root. And Lord, we agree with the Holy Ghost tonight. And we command this thing to dry up. We command this disease, this affliction to dry up. We curse it. 
at the root. And Lord, just as you spoke to our brother that he was to ask aggressively, we agree that, he, that it's your will for him to be totally well, totally free, and we agree with the Holy Ghost. Now, I didn't know that when I was back here praying for you, and God kept saying, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. That's what you're to do. And it's almost like he loves you, all right? And uh, again, what were we praying about? I have something called Prince Metal's angina. It's an artery. Okay. And, okay. Spasms. Okay. So you have chest pain. Lord, we just ask you to heal the root of that angina thing. And Lord God, just, just touch her. Just make everything in order. We just command any pain, any of these manifestations to stop. And Lord, we just declare that she is well and whole by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. I just believe God. I just believe God. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for someone that the only way I can get to you is you live on a street, but there's, there's very few houses on the street. It's just like a real sparse. I, I just, you live there, and it's like there could be more houses, but there's not. There's just like vacant lots or something. Who is that person? That's, I don't know why, but it doesn't have any, we're not going to ask God about a house, but it, it, you're the other person I'm supposed to pray with. Where you, you you live on a street, but it's like, they're just like sporadic houses, again, that's what I can say. Doesn't hurt my feelings, but that's what I see. Okay, that would be you. You, you live in a rental or a new, new development? Okay. All right, that'll work. Okay. First name? Courtney. Courtney? Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. You're looking at me like I have some kind of brain damage. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for court tonight. We bless her life. We bless her, God. Whew, man, do I feel this. You are growing in your sensitivity. You are growing in your perceptivity of the Lord and his things. And you're called as a fisher of men. And you're, you're going to, in your life, court tonight, you are going to lead a lot of people to the Lord. You're going to catch a lot of fish. Your future is secure. The design God has for your life is already, uh, it's already working. It's already in process, progress. And you just keep following on. God will give you a platform. God will give you a voice. And it's already set up. That's what I want to say to you. It's already set up. All you have to do is just keep following God. God is going to give you influence. You watch. Your life is going to have influence. You're going to speak to a lot of souls during your life. You're going to win a lot of souls during your life. <sighs> Hallelujah. And they're probably going to build more houses on that street. too. <laughs> All right. I think the Holy Spirit is so amazing. You know, this whole thing about the covenant, people endure God instead of enjoy him. And you know, most of our endurance is, most of us walk around thinking God's mad at us or we've disappointed him. And I think God's saying, shut up. Just enjoy me. Just, you know, just crawl up in my lap and just have a good time with me. When I look back at you tonight, Mark, I just kept seeing the word leader, and God, 
he has bigger plans for you. And, you know, when these, as these kids get a little older, your life is going to drastically take on a new route. And the, the, God's going to uh, set things in a way that you're going to get the most bang for your buck. God is going to make you the most massive, fruitful tree for his kingdom. But that, that leadership on your life, in other words, you're, you're, you are marked for leadership and you're marked to do way more from God. And, and I, I just the Lord is just kind of letting you know that tonight, that your life isn't your own. And the things you do now are important, but they're not near as important as what you will be doing for God. Boy, do I know that true. I know that to be true. Hallelujah. Ah. We've got to, I'm already out of time. I'm beyond my time. Your names again. Uh, Monica and I'm Randy. Lord, we just thank you for Monica and Randy. We bless them. We bless them with guidance. We bless them. I keep hearing the word reprieve. Uh, I, I, there, there's a, God has just given you rest and refreshing. I just feel there's been so many battles and struggles. But there's a Holy Ghost reprieve. And the Holy Ghost is going to make a way, but there's going to be months of just catching up, months of gaining ground, months of, of God just supplying and amazing you and sustaining you. And I, I can feel it's been a hard season. I can feel it's been a struggling season. But when God says reprieve, You've been reprieved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, I feel that presence of God. My goodness, the presence of God is wonderful. I hope, do you all halfway get the message tonight about the covenant? It's relationship. Stop trying to get brownie points with God. You've got all the brownie points you need. He loves us. Most of us are weird, too. He still loves us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what God's intention all along. He said, I, I've called you into covenant. I've called you into relationship with me. Enjoy him. Because of that ugly clock, uh, I'm going to stop. But tomorrow morning, of course, everybody's welcome to come again. And tomorrow night we're going to have a special. You don't usually have a Sunday night, but tomorrow night we're going to have a Sunday night and we'll just jump up and we're just going to let the Holy, the Holy Ghost just flow through us and it'll be great. There's a woman that, ooh, that hit me. You've had a tremendous soreness on your breast, but God is, there's nothing wrong with you. God has healed you. Um, there's someone that's had a, uh, it concerns your work but it's like you're in the hardest spot you've ever been. Like you don't, you're, you're still there, you're still employed, but you're in the most hardest, it's like a crossroads. You desperately need wisdom. But the thing I feel in my spirit, God's going to make it easy. He's going to make it easy. So thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All right, Pastor, if you'll come up and we're just going to get out of here.